0: Bears, blog, boys, you know it all, computer analytic, geeky f- nerds. Michael Schneider, Tom Kavanaugh, the Bear, blog, boys, f- know it alls. Doing some f- podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear you. What? <laughs> we are the
1: Coming to you live from my basement. This is the Bears Blog Boys podcast. I am your host, I'm Kavanaugh. Here with my good buddy Michael Snyder. Snyder, that game was like the most surprising outcome that I could ever expect. I mean, I had no idea that it would go down the way it did. But again, what of those more encouraging losses, if I could say. Would you agree?
0: Oh, for sure, man. It. Definitely not the game I expected. I think I was sipping the Bears Kool-Aid a little bit. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Maybe a little biased. I think I predicted like a 17-14 win. And I thought like without Zeke playing, um, they'd give Pollard a full workload. And I thought, I didn't know how Dak was like, how healthy he was coming back from the, the thumb injury. I thought the Bears secondary had been playing very well of late. And yeah, I got I tell you, uh, this was a game that brought me back to reality. I understand how um, less talented the Bears are compared to, like, the good teams in the league. Like, they're really good teams. And, you know, Jack looked awesome. But, dude, what I'm fired up about, and I think what fans, you know, all over should be fired up about is the way Fields played. And he showed flashes that he could be amongst, like, a really, really good quarterback for really long, man. He showed tons and tons of flashes.
1: Absolutely. Uh I think there's a lot to be encouraged about this offense. I think they're really starting to find their identity and really shift it towards Justin Field strengths and add that running element of his game into the offense as a whole. And it's turning into points, man. I mean, they scored 29 points against the best defense in the NFL. Um, like Steiner said, uh Justin Fields had some really nice throws. It wasn't all on the ground. I mean, most of the work the Bears did was on the ground, but Justin Fields had some really nice throws. Some weren't always caught. Um, the receivers didn't have their best day at the office. But, but overall man.
0: performance. This is like the one though. Remember you showed me Kurt Warner's breakdown. You're like, Fields, like you just gotta throw it, man. You gotta trust what's there. And he was letting it loose, man. It's sucks that Bealish Jones Jr. has like alligator arms and St. Brown, like he's an awesome run blocker, but when it comes to those like contested catches, he just looks, in my opinion, soft. Like he doesn't have that dog in him, bro. And it's not, and it was just frustrating to see because Fields was taking like, those are awesome shots, man.
1: They were. I mean, the one to Equinemia St. Brown was like right in his hands. Like, I understand that the DB had his arm in between, like where he caught the ball, but like if he just catches the ball and the, when it initially touches his hands, like, that's a touchdown. Couldn't throw it any better. Uh, And then Bayless Jones was an absolute dime that he just dropped. A a perfect
0: throw. (laughs) And I think, like, literally perfect. It was exciting to see, like, that you could hang your head on. I think there was another one to, like, Dante Pettis. I think the defender just made an awesome play, but you would like to see Pettis maybe put a little bit more muscle and position himself a little bit better.
1: Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Like, the Bears don't really have a receiver right now that can win in those situations, unfortunately. Uh, And Keel Harry looks a little more promising in that regard. He had a nice touchdown catch in a pretty tight window, but it wasn't a contested catch, I would say, where like it was either him or the DB gonna win it. Like Justin Fields threw it to his correct leverage and Harry scored that touchdown, obviously. But yeah, the Bears are still looking for that guy.
0: How about um, one more play that stick out stuck out to me Tom is I think it was a third and long and Fields like he kinda escaped the pocket, set his feet, and then he through it, like he was on like the left hash of the field. Then Montgomery was like right in the center of the field, and Fields like kind of threw it right to him. Montgomery made one guy miss, and that was like the fumble. But like Fields really extended that play and gave it the opportunity to the. Make sure if it wasn't a fumble, I think Montgomery gets that first down. It just like that sucks. Like that was the end result. But like Fields made that possible on a third and long.
1: What did you think about Fields not touching Micah Parsons down? Like, what do you think happened there?
0: Dude, I don't know, man. I think he just drew a blank. Probably just something that he's not in that position a lot. Um, I wonder, like, that's gonna be like a, a Matt Eberflus like loaf thing, right? Like that's gonna be yeah. a loaf, and I don't know if he's the only one that's gonna get it, but I just wonder how they're gonna treat that. But I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not gonna kill him about it, dude. I don't.
1: Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Fields watched uh, Quentin Johnson, the TCU wide receiver, over the weekend, and he was like oh, damn, like, we could really use that guy. And, like, in the back of his head was like, hey, if I let them score here, we got a better chance of getting him. No, I think Fields just had a brain fart, honestly. Like, I don't think he was even thinking. And just, like, he, he was probably so worried about getting that first down, it, it totally crossed his mind. Not giving him an excuse, like, yeah, you need to touch him down be more aware in those situations. But that, that play just really stalled any of the momentum that the Bears had of winning the game, and I just think he – his brain kind of broke in that play to touch him down.
0: Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, I, I it, it had to have just been a brain fart, bro, because yeah. he wasn't touched. I remember Iberflue said on the press conference that, again, this is maybe not making an excuse for the players, but on the sideline they could have been a little bit more active on, like, hey, like, like touch his ass. And yeah. well, I, I kind of like that Iberflue like he doesn't throw anyone under the bus. He says, like, you know, like, this, is, this is like a two-way street. Like, we could have done better. They could have done better. We got to clean up on like those little fundamentals.
1: Absolutely. Um, what did you think about Snyder of Luke Getty? Like, what do you think about him overall leaning on the run? I saw a bunch of Bears fans getting kind of upset when the Bears were down big uh, and they were running the ball a lot still in the second half. But what did you think about the game plan overall?
0: Overall, I thought it was fine. I just don't like how run heavy we are like, late in the game, down, like, two or three possessions. When it happened in the Packers game, we're like, dude, like, you're, you're, playing, you're calling this game like, it's a, think seen someone tweet, I think it was a Patrick Sheldon, like, he's calling this game, like, it's a baseball game, when you have nine innings, and, t- like, yeah. there's no time limit, you know? Like, you're just calling played like that, and it is a, a little bit frustrating, but it's kind of hard. I mean, 200 yards in three games in a row is extremely impressive, and, you know, those runs at the end of the game that Demo and, Herbert were doing, and even fields were just really explosive. When those just those, those turned the corner, man, them dudes like really, really turned those jets on and they do make the most of it. So I'm kind of like 50 50 on it. I mean, any play, like if you're averaging eight yards per carry on a play, like that's that's going to be hard to stop because don't know how you balance that at the end of the game.
1: I agree. Uh, I definitely agree with some of what you said, but at the same time, I kind of feel similarly to how I felt against the Texans game. It was working. Like it wasn't like their runs weren't working. And we talk about it all the time. The worst thing you can do for this bears team is to get them out of a neutral game script. And when they have to drop back and pass and teams know they have to drop back and pass. And we, we also acknowledge that like this season isn't necessarily about wins and losses. It's trying to figure out what works and we're realizing this run game and all the different things they can do from that run game is working. So I didn't really have a problem with that. If, it, if they were running like, in you know, into a brick wall, that'd be different. But they were it was working like it, they ran the ball really successful throughout the entire game. And um, the only thing I think I wish they would have done differently is just be a little more urgent. They kind of they while they were running the ball and calling these plays, they treated. it. Like they had the lead, they treated the game like they had the lead and they were kind of taking their time, still calling plays in the huddle and stuff like that. I wish they were a little more urgent to really look like they were still in the game. But after a while, when the score just piled on, I mean, what are you gonna do? Like it was it was really hard to come back from.
0: Um, how about you though, Tom? I remember you um kind of broke down that video of how the Eagles and Jalen Hurts had success. With the Cowboys, how did Luke Getzey use some of that film to his advantage, and what was he doing with Fields that you know maybe put us in some of those situations?
1: I thought he called a lot more RPOs. Uh, I some of them you wouldn't have known, like just on face value, because Fields handed them off. I think Dallas was a lot more prepared for the, them this time around, uh, but I thought he did call a lot more RPOs. He literally took the play I broke down. Verbatim and called the same play uh, that Fields ended up handing off. I don't know if anyone remembers. You can look at my Twitter. It was that third and two conversion on, like, the 20-yard line, on the Cowboys' 20-yard line. It was the same exact play I broke down at the Eagles. Um, So I thought that was encouraging to see. And and I just thought the the passing game overall was a lot more protected, a lot more play action, a lot more easier outlets for Fields just to get the ball out of his hands. And – It wasn't asking Fields to do the things that he isn't great at right now. There wasn't a whole lot of quick game. Uh, There wasn't a whole lot of just making quick decisions overall. It was a protected way of leaning into the things Fields does really well as a passer.
0: Yeah, dude, again, I was pretty fired up about this offensive performance. Again, Cowboys, I think in almost every statistical measurement, they are the number one defense. Dan Quinn is known for being just a defensive juggernaut and again it was just I think this is the most excited I've been about the Bears offense I want to say since that Steelers game and field showed all that those flashes yeah, didn't get the dub but I think this is a dub when you look at the long-term success of the Bears
1: absolutely for in terms of the growth I cannot agree with you more Snyder they're they're really finding their footing on offense and that is what this season was supposed to be about um I guess we got to talk about the, the negative side of this thing, though, which it's a negative, but it's kind of expected given where the Bears are at in this rebuild, uh, if you will, is that the defense was absolutely horrendous. I mean, it was nothing short of like. If the Bears were actually a competitive team, we would be feeling like the Mark Tressman, Jay Cutler, like that. this type of performance, it was dreadful. And I really think it comes down to. The talent gap really got exposed uh, in this game. Like the Cowboys offense was just so much better on paper and in the game, obviously, than the the talent that the Bears are putting out there on defense. Like I know we're really intrigued about their secondary, but it's really hard to get anything done as a defense when your front just gets absolutely demolished the way they did in this game.
0: The Cowboys interior offensive line was, Pushing the Bears defensive interior, any left, right, back—they were going for rides, man, and that, that makes the job real hard for the linebackers, and especially for the safety. If if it's getting to the safety, bro, like if a running back's getting to the safety untouched, I kill Andy Jackson for his tackling skills, but that's an indictment on the fucking interior, dude. Like that was—it was so bad seeing what they've seen, and it's been pretty consistent with them. I think year long, they're always graded like. Like in the hundred out of like hundred and twenty, like somewhere like that, like the defensive front has been pretty bad. And I don't think Justin Jones. I don't think he stays long term. I think next year he has like an eight million dollar cap hit. I think that's going to be a one and done. So I think help is definitely on the way in the offseason in that avenue.
1: Yeah, I mean, outside of adding some more help on the offense, I mean, that is the biggest need on this team. Is is figuring out that defensive line uh, because. It's just really hard right now. And I guess we can transition to Steiner talking about the guy of question with this defense of what his future is long term. Roquan had another rough one. And, you know, with us saying how bad the defensive line was, it's kind of hard to solely put the blame on him. But again, like we all, me and you always talk about this. The nature of the position of linebacker is you are dependent on your defensive line. So, whether it was Roquan's fault or not, that's just the reality of it, and it does bring you into question of, like, is he worth the money that he wants?
0: I mean, look at... I, I want to say it's almost a similar situation. I believe the, the Buccaneers defensive interior has been banged up. Um, I don't know if White of A's been in there. I know Hicks has been out. But Devin White has been getting killed, like, all year, dreadful, and and Devin White and Roquan Smith, in my opinion, are very very similar inside linebackers. Like they do a lot of the same things well, and they struggle in a lot of the same areas. And I, I honestly don't know if Devin White received a large contract yet, but like that's like that's like a great comparable situation. So we're like maybe that inside linebacker position is not worth it unless you're just com- complete. Maniac at shedding blocks, or you're just a a freaking coverage like a Fred Warner. I just don't know if that if brocon is going to be worth it. I think I'd rather have the cap space and maybe some draft capital that we can't get for him.
1: So if the Bears felt similarly to the way we do, like how do you how do you think they handle that situation moving forward? I mean, he's on the last year of his rookie contract. We he probably does not get traded at the deadline. I don't think a team could get it. The Bears would have to eat more of a salary to get that thing done. Um, but, like, if you're not going to extend them, I think you'd have to franchise him uh, and try to get something for him if you can. But I don't know. It's just a really difficult situation, Snyder. How do you think they're going to handle that?
0: It's going to be weird, I think they can trade him right now because I think Roquan playing on his fifth-year option I think it just swaps out. So, like, whatever his cap hit right now is for on for the Bears, it'll just swap out evenly and become dead cap if they trade him. Thing is, if the Bears tag Roquan Smith, I don't think that's going to be a, a uh, friendly thing, you know, from what we went on from the offseason. So I think that can get really ugly and then you get you'd have to tag and trade him or obviously you extend him straight up i i don't know man i think well i would i would try to trade him now or tag and trade him and then the team acquiring him is going to have to pay him so i think right now his value could actually be the highest you know i think right now you get a team to trade for him and kind of build that chemistry with a different team and that maybe the franchise tags, I think it's inevitable that he does get tagged by the Bears if he's not traded.
1: Yeah, because if he still wants to be the highest paid linebacker in the NFL, like I don't know how you could give him that contract and feel good about that investment. Um, but then I,
0: the the Bears want to just let him walk so that that tag would be inevitable and then it has to yeah. get traded, and that could be that could be like something that's like kind of not looked well upon like a different team trading for him. Like, okay, now I got to deal with the contract drama.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that some, that w- if a team was to trade for him on the franchise tag, they have to absolutely have to feel comfortable extending him um, in terms of a trade to get done. Now I looked, I just looked it upside. Are you right? Like they could definitely get it done. I just like, don't know what team is trading for him right now. Uh, given yeah. the competitive teams, the Seahawks is the only team that yeah. I can see. And they have $3 million in cash space right now. So I guess they could get it done if the, again, if the bears really worked on out that contract and paid some of his salary, I don't know how much he's owed, uh, like given wh- where the season is at now, but yeah, if the bears wanted to, I, I just, I don't know. I don't think it happens. I think you're right though. It probably would be smart if you were, if he was not in the future and long-term plans, you should probably try to trade him now. Um, and yeah, we'll see. We shall see the day of till tomorrow at like three o'clock or maybe two o'clock Central Time to get it done. We shall see. Um, it, it's going to be interesting though what they do with him in terms of this game. Though we can we can track back and, and get to this game. Uh, I thought too Dallas's offensive coordinator Kellen Moore and Dak. I mean Dak was lights out, played awesome as a whole. But I thought in terms of seeing the rookies, Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker that this Dallas offense threw a lot at those guys. And that's what they do. They do a bunch of different stuff to try to really get the defense off kilter. And when you're rookies, you know, playing in your eighth game or whatever game it is, that's really hard to digest in the heat of the moment when you're seeing so many different things that you've probably never seen before. Um, Like what they did with CeeDee Lamb on that one touchdown. They motion him out and he runs like a post route route for a touchdown, on Jaquan Brisker, who basically has to play outside corner, like they intentionally targeted those two and and made put them in conflict to really take advantage of them. But overall, Center, how else did you think they played? I mean, I didn't.
0: Yeah, I didn't mind it. I just thought like the run defense was really, really, really bad, and it was funny. I was, I was on my way to my parents' house after the game, and I was listening to six seventy score and back and forth between ESPN one thousand. I've seen so many Bears fans saying, well, this is what happens when you trade uh, the uh, leader of your defense and Robert Quinn. Like, was he really worth just a fourth-round pick? And you made, you made a great point. Like, Robert Quinn has always been, like, notorious for being a bad uh, run defender. So, like, nothing really would have changed if Robert Quinn was on the field. So, I kind of wanted to set that straight.
1: <laughs> Dude, absolutely. And, okay, if you want to talk from a pass rushing perspective, Travis Gibson had a good game as a pass rusher. Uh, I think he had three pressures, uh, and then he also had an 89, uh, pass rushing grade for, for PFF. So, uh, I'm not saying PFF is the gospel, but I'm just saying like, I think Travis Gibson and Robert Quinn are really good players. They are good at what they're good at and they both struggle at the same thing. And yeah, I just don't know what, what Robert Quinn changes in that outcome of that game. Uh, the, the problems were a lot larger than just him, uh, but overall, Steiner, uh, do you are you encouraged about the Bears moving forward into a tough matchup against Miami? At least from a defensive perspective, I mean, it, it doesn't get any easier uh, with their with their next matchup.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be another one. Dude, that's gonna be a lot to throw at them. There is some athletic deep threats there that are just just freaks, man. And obviously, Mike McDaniel um, offense You know, similar to kind of like a Lucas, the offense as far as running the ball. That could get ugly, too. I I love the Dolphins offensive line. I think they might have their way again with the defensive front. Um, Since I poured out my Bears Kool-Aid and got back a little bit to reality, I don't think that was going to be pretty at all. It might might be a very similar fashion to where it's like a 40-plus point game.
1: Yeah, it it could get ugly. Um, Snyder, before we get out of here, is there any other moves you can see the Bears making um, given that the trade deadline is tomorrow?
0: No, but, uh, let me backtrack a little bit, Tom. I wanted to give that a shout-out to my boy Bojax. Made that inc- <laughs> at world-class play on Dak. Dude, like, I, I think I read, like, I'm sorry, I'm not as great as with the X's and O's, maybe you are, but, like, I think Dak thought that, like, it was, like, a cover too. So, like, Eddie Jackson made, like, some, like, Ed Reed move. You know the one that Bill Belichick always talks about against Peyton Manning. That like, Eddie uh, Eddie Jackson goes that way, and he comes back and breaks on the ball, and that was just like an insane interception. It's Eddie Jackson's fourth interception of the year. I think he went two years without getting one. Um, one of our earlier pods before the season started, I said that Eddie Jackson. This is a very important year to see if he could get back to form with the you new know, talent around him, simpler defense, and if he could stick around with this regime. I think he's been the leader that. That the Bears need, I think he's a help for Brisker, and I just think that is just an instinctful, high IQ dude that you're gonna want around. And I think Eddie Jackson's game is gonna age pretty well. I think he he still has at least a few more years in him, two or three. And yeah, kind I know like some people thought like, okay, is this the year they maybe uh, Jackson get traded because of his age in the future? But man, I I hope he sticks around lo- uh, for the, lo- the long for longer. And like that is like one of my favorite Bears players of all time, and. Again, that is is my guy. I want him to see him stay, man.
1: Yeah, dude. He's really playing his way into the future of the Bears. Uh, He's earning that contract. And yeah, I think based on the way he's played, at least this far, you got to keep him around. I mean, why create another hole when he's playing at such a high level? Um, I thought Jalen Johnson also had a really strong game, things considered. Um, There's even some plays that he didn't get targeted on where they the cowboys tried to double move him and he shut it down both times uh that i just i rewatched the game and i just saw that um it, it was against CD Lamb and Michael Gallup so though the two stalwarts of the secondary are playing well i guess that's the silver they're, to
0: th- they're making it like a good situation for Brisker and Gory, man like maybe I don't Vildor gets a little bit picked on but you know i do appreciate him as a competitor I think he's more of like a depth guy. Like I'm not I'm gonna be mad at builders yeah. like my my C B four, bro. Like that's like for injuries, like I'm cool with that, but I think they need one more guy there. Um to go back to your trade deadline question though, Tom like again, like I just really want a receiver that had that dog in him with them 50-50 balls and you know, actually had, you know, ascending talent as far as growing as like a route runner. Like I want I want an aggressive movement if that can be to DJ more. Uh, I don't know if they can contract wise, but like maybe even like a clay pool or something, man. Just something to build that chemistry with fields.
1: Absolutely. And uh there's rumors that uh Buffalo sniffing around for a running back. I don't know, man. You think uh our boy Demo gets moved? God, dude, I I I think it makes total sense as far
0: as you know the best thing for the team moving forward in the future. I mean, Paul said like that's the most important thing, but man, this coaching staff has to love the one-two punch of Herbert and Demo. Although, I think Herbert, I think, he finally got more touches than Montgomery. Um, it was by once. It was 16-15. But man, he definitely seems like the more explosive back. It's kind of like, it almost reminds me of the Zeke and Pollard situation, man. Like, you know, Demo will kind of make you feel a little bit more a little bit inside in between the tackles, but man, I, I'd rather have the explosive guy. I want to see Herbert with like 20 plus carries.
1: Dude, Herbert just has so much, so much more juice uh, in real, honesty. Like he, he just always makes more of the carries that he gets.
0: Well, how about like this, Tom? Like I, I actually really like how the bears were using Bela Jones Jr. Like with the, the sweeps and everything. You move on from demo, and maybe you give Vilas Jones Jr. like you know five to seven you know plays like that. I could I could live with that, man. And that's explosive. Like he did look like he had a lot of juice, like, like a lot of like acceleration there with um you know those design runs to Vilas Jones Jr.
1: Dude, he honestly has more of a skill set of a running back than he does a receiver outside of the deep speed. But again, I mean, it was just one play where he made that drop. But his ball skills obviously aren't the best. I mean, given his punting mishaps and this play. Like his ball skills obviously aren't the best. So I'm right there with you. Um just some other names to float around that c- possibly could be available. Elijah Moore um could be available. Brandon Cooks. I don't mean Steiner were looking at his contract though. I don't I don't know how that deal gets done. I'm sure they could figure it out. But there are names that are out there. I I just don't know if the Bears try to shake anything up really right now. They're kind of overachieving, and I don't know if they would want to give any assets away for next year to, like, kind of put another Band-Aid on the offense this year. Not saying that any of those players would be temporary Band-Aids. It's just, I don't know. They're not really in a position where they have a lot of assets to play with.
0: I agree. I think it would be, like, a move, maybe, like, how they got, like, Nick Killhary, like, Maybe like a Denzel Mims or like just so- someone like just really like low key. And again,
1: I do like Pettis,
0: but like, I think he's kind of had his he's, he's, he's kind of reached his ceiling, you know, a he's little a bit.
1: He's a number three uh, yeah. scenario. He's probably a number three. Um, all right. Well, Snyder, that's ba- basically all that I had to talk about for this episode. Is there anything else you want to bring up before we get out of here?
0: No, that's it, man. Again, I feel amazing about feels like not going to like take a sip of this little bear's Kool-Aid, but you just kind of seem like Josh Allen flashes, dude. Like this man was just, I'm not going to say poised, but he would like get out of the pocket, set his feet, you know, throw it when if something was there. But if not, this man just like turned the jets like in a, you know, snap of a finger and And, man, he's just, like, crazy athlete. I think, like, outside of, like, Lamar Jackson, I don't know if there's a faster, like, quarterback in the league. I don't know, like, he's one of the best athletes in the league overall. Like, that dude has some large strides, and he moves, man. And it's just, like, very, very exciting to see.
1: It it definitely is. Well, uh, until we are back to preview the Dolphins game, keep it real. Bear down. Doing some podcast somewhere. Nobody wants to hear
0: you.